0: the mlb app baseball your way download it now for free from the app store or google play blackout and other restrictions apply major league baseball trade parts used with permission
1: (sighs) spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact choose from premium blinds shades and shutters we even have options for your patio too
2: It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college. It's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People ask me, well, how are the Sabres going to win tonight? I don't have a clue. On WGR Sports Radio 550.
0: Paul Hamilton's appearance brought to you by Raylax Honda. Raylax, we got this. Sabres touchdown over the Rams. No, the Rams are, sorry, it's the Kings. LA Kings. Hey, Paul. How are you? Good. Good. The Sabres got, uh, you know, everything they needed. Perfect game. We don't talk about perfect games in hockey, but uh, it's about a perfect game for them.
2: Well, in the last two games against the Kings, they have now scored 11 unanswered goals uh, on the Kings. They uh, fell behind 3-1 to in LA and won that game 5-3 to and... Uh, Scored seven goals in this one, so that's 11 unanswered goals on the L.A. Kings.
0: The story, of course, is the scoring. Joe and I started talking, the show, started opening up the show, talk about uh, Lukanen and how it's his fourth shutout. And what the Sabres have here, of all the things that have uh, gone poorly this year, and the list of things that have gone right is short. But at the top of it is Lukanin's development and what the, what they're getting out of him playing like a true number one goaltender.
2: Yeah, I was wrong about Mike Bales. I thought last year and we talked about it that you know, maybe it was time to you know, cut bait with uh, Mike Bales it just didn't seem like the goaltenders were you know making progress or whatever, but uh you know, he's done a he's done a really good job uh uh with uh Uko and and really helped him come into his own and helped him become a number one goaltender and uh uh, you know, really, uh, you know, it just took him a while. You know, he was in, you know, he used Allmark as an example. Allmark was 26 years old before he was a number one goaltender. And Ukopeka Luken and now at age 24, going on 25. Um, you know, he's he now uh, looks to be like, you, you know, he's he's I think done it long enough. Now we can call him a number one goaltender in the NHL. I mean, his last 12 games, I mean, he, he has uh, uh, goals against around, what did I look up, 161, something like that, and a save percentage of around 940. And, unfortunately, his record's 7-5. and five. You mm-hmm. know, and I put that out there. People said his record should be 10-2, and two. you know, not 7-5, and but uh, putting up those types of numbers. Any part of that too, Paul? The like the rhythm he's been able to get
0: into. He started ten of eleven, and the three goalie thing's been over for a while now. I, I wonder how much even he would think that just having the normal rotation or just having the net to himself has maybe also helped him, you know, build some momentum here.
2: And he, you know, he doesn't look to be wearing down at all. I mean, he he looks fine, and the schedule has been good for a goaltender to try to play him a lot. You know, there haven't been too many situations that are uh back to back except for the Los Angeles game. You know, in LA he didn't play that one. That was the last time he didn't play because that was excuse me, that was a back-to-back situation. So um and he doesn't have another one now until the first week in March when they do have a back-to-back in Toronto and in Nashville, so the schedule has been kind to him where he can play every game, not get worn down, and uh, continue to do well. What do you think he's
0: playing himself into? I mean, you you just said it, right? Like, he's playing like a number one goaltender. Do you think that's how the Sabres will treat him going forward? Let's Let's, you know, you have to project a little bit here because there's still so many games to go. But he's restricted at the end of the year, and I don't know what he thinks most likely is the the way he's playing that he'll at least get a bridge deal. I don't know if anyone would go as far as to say like the big long term deal yet.
2: Yeah, I have no idea what what he's going to earn, you know, as far as money goes, uh, uh, and what they're willing where they're willing to go with it. You know, it's not even going to be a full season of being a number one goaltender. Um, but really. Uh, you think about it, before he got sick, he was playing pretty well, probably wasn't playing quite as well as he is right now, but he was playing pretty well, and then he got sick, and then when he came back, he wasn't playing well at all. He got really sick. I mean, he got run down, and it took about oh what, what do you want to say? about three, four or five games for him to start you know doing what he's doing now. And it really kicked in for him. Those numbers that I quoted you started from December 29th on, and uh, w- where he's just uh, those numbers are basically second in the NHL behind Skinner of the Edmonton Oilers, who went on that long, long winning streak uh, for the Oilers. So, and even shutouts. The, uh, Jari of the Pittsburgh Penguins leads the NHL with six shutouts, and Lukanen has four. Now that the, you know so he's he's closing in on the shutouts lead too for the for the NHL. One thing we're we're seeing, Paul, you mentioned the next time one of the other goalies might play would be
0: March because they don't have a back to back coming up. And I'm thinking about down the stretch last year when they leaned on Levi so heavily. Is this a window in Don Granado and how he would handle a number one goaltender if they had one? I mean a number one goalie they've they've split time because they've been inexperienced or trying to find out who it is. But if once they get an established number one, that guy might play 50 games with Don Granato. Uh,
2: yeah, and you usually you don't have a friendly schedule like this where you're hardly even playing back-to-backs. And they only have three left. You know, they have three in March, and that's it. So if he doesn't wear down and – you know, sports sports science people say, so, you know, he's he's ready to go. He's, he's going well. Really, he can play every game except three for the rest of the year and, uh, you know, keep moving forward that way. So um, it, it's interesting. You know, yeah, he, I think that's how he would play a number one goaltender, but I think buffalo in most years would have more back-to-backs than he's had to face lately how about the rest
0: of the team last night paul they get to seven i felt like they had the puck the entire game i don't think maybe there was a stretch where la kind of got going but it felt like it was their game really from beginning to end when it came to creating chances and i guess at the end that's where lucan maybe got tested as the shutout was trying to be preserved and even on that front, Paul, like there's Dylan Cousins with 10 seconds left laying out to block a shot. Like I don't know. I felt like the the skaters themselves had a had an amazing night.
2: They did, and even when Los Angeles made a push, they weren't getting like four rebounds on a shot. You know, the the Sabres still were doing a pretty good job of getting rid of the rebounds, getting the puck out of there and not allowing Los Angeles to get like three consecutive shots for the most part. I mean, they did a little bit but uh for the most part uh they did a pretty good job of of doing that and i think i mean full marks for the way they played i mean first of all they went out and won battles re- right off the bat and and really got on the los angeles defense forcing turnovers winning battles and then getting people and pucks to the net exactly what don granado was so upset about in the last game against the st louis blues it was almost like message received. And I'm sure Sabre fans really enjoyed watching that game last night, watching their team play close to close to perfect game. You're never going to play a perfect game. Um, but uh, to, to play, you know, hard, to, to you know, they, they were hard to play against, they played hard. But also I think it was frustrating for a fan to say to yourself, well, look what they can do. Look, look at what this team is capable of doing when they feel like it. You know, When and how many times have you heard me say that this year? When they play the way Don Granado wants them to play, they're a pretty darn good talk- hockey team. But they don't do it very often. And that's what I think the frustrating part is, is what you saw last night was certainly fun to watch. They scored first, scored three goals in the first period. Uh, you know went out to a three to nothing lead which I think gave them confidence right off the bat I mean Paterka scores um, I'm going by memory here around the 425 mark and uh, they don't look back in the period now that lifts them because it's been six or seven games since they had scored first and that lifts them to to g- even get more in the first period and I you know I, I don't know if just for fans it just what i the impression i got as they were you know contacting me throughout the game i think it was it was fun for them to watch but it was frustrating for them to watch too knowing that's in their team but they don't do it very often
0: paul hamilton joining us on the western hotline paul kevin adams spoke with mike show in the bulldog yesterday we'll wrap with this uh get to the deadline and middle stat and Kevin Adams put down the idea that they're shopping Middlestad and even went so far as that they expect to get a contract done, which is something that Middlestad had expressed has not really happened. There's not been a lot of movement on that. He is an RFA for two more seasons, so the Sabres still have a long say in this. What do you ultimately think the Sabres should do with Middlestad? Is this a player that they should uh, re-sign long-term or just kind of sit on it for a little bit of a while? Keep their asset and see how things play out.
2: Well as you said Kevin Adams did confirm it's two more you know two more years before he's an RFA and you know he he said they they are not shopping him but if other teams call he said other teams have called and as he always will he will always listen um even the, to the most ridiculous offers uh you know, or players that he's not even planning on trading no matter what um, and untouchable, he will always listen. He wants to hear what values are out there when it comes to that. And I think when he did say that he expects to get something done with him, you know, but but he's also going to be listening, you know, when it comes to people calling and asking about him. But I think when he's talking about getting something done, it might be, a year or two contract i i i would be very surprised if all of a sudden a six year contract or a seven year contract were to be offered and signed um, just because you got Paterka coming, you got Quinn coming, you probably got got um, you know Levi coming. who knows where they're gonna go with Lucan in as far as a contract goes uh does do they offer him a couple of years or do they offer him something that ties him up for long term uh you know so i, I could see the sabers trying to get casey middlestat to maybe sign a two year deal and then you know you you could give him what do you want to say what what is the worth 6 million somewhere in there i think i've seen 7 and 7 is like the neighborhood right. yeah um I, I, I don't think 7 and 7 is is uh, they might be able to give him the money, but I don't think they're going to give him seven years. Yeah. I, I think it would be a one- or two-year type of a situation.
0: Part of it, Paul, on all these long-term deals for the Sabres is, you know, it's nice to feel like you've locked up a player and you've got good value. They went long, long-term, of course, with uh, Tage Cousins, Darlene, Samuelson. The The drawback is you got to be really confident in those deals because you lose a lot of flexibility. And that's, that's really what the Sabres have lost here is, some of their flexibility to move things. Yesterday, you mentioned everything should be on the table if they decide they want to shop Thompson. And, of course, the problem there would be anybody that wants to trade for him. And, by the way, Adams kind of said the same thing. The Bulldog asked him if he has a list of untouchables, and he basically said, like, in this spot, you can't really do that. Yeah, and the problem is, hey, I'd love to talk about trading this player seven years on a contract. Sometimes that's really nice to have. Other times that's going to kill a trade
2: because teams aren't going to want to give up
0: flexibility
2: yeah and I who would be um an untouch in in my book they have one untouchable and that's Rasmus Dahlin I don't know if you guys would even have that or if that would be your untouchable or how you were if you would have more but all the guys that have signed long-term deals regressed this year and uh in in their growth one thing about Casey Middlestad he's one of two players that had not regressed three I'm sorry I'll say well Skinner did regress assist wise he has regressed um goals wise he not not necessarily has regressed all that much just a little bit in his current slump but you know what'll happen he'll score a goal then he'll score four and five games and he'll get back to the pace he was on um but Paterka is, is way ahead. He's, he's got 19 goals. And Casey last year, Casey Middlestad set career highs, and he's about to build on that and set them again. So at least you've got a guy now who is in his second year of improving and playing well and not regressing. Paul Hamilton on the Western Hotline. Thank you, Paul. No problem, guys. Take care. Paul's appearance
0: brought to you by Relax Honda. Relax, we got this. So, you got something here? You want to switch gears? We can switch gears. Field Yates has his new uh, mock draft up at ESPN.com. You know they showed on the screen to promote it on SportsCenter? You know what was in my face while we were talking uh, hockey with Paul there on the TV? The Chiefs will select Adonai Mitchell, wide receiver from Texas in the first round. Sweet. Although I don't know yet whether he picked a wide receiver for the Bills, so... I, well, could, I could get so, to a place where I'm okay. It's funny. There was a... He did, by the way. There was a guy yesterday asking if the Chiefs... Let me find who it was. Yeah, Randy Muller, 2000 NFL Executive of the Year. Does a podcast on The Athletic. He was a former executive of the Saints and the Dolphins. He asked this question on uh, of the Chiefs. The Chiefs are now the poster child for not paying a receiver. Will other teams adopt and tamp down values of this year's mediocre group of UFA receivers? Hmm. Of Which co- makes sense. Right? No. That it would oh wait, he's saying the opposite. He's saying that because the Chiefs won without a big money or big oh, receiver, okay, wait, wait, sorry. The Other yes. teams will say, like, oh, you don't need to pay a receiver. No, that's that's ridiculous. It's Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. This isn't this is a former executive of the year in the NFL. Right. The Chief, guess who's going to immediately seek a receiver out? The chiefs yeah. <laughs> they yes. did it. they did it, and they can't believe they did it. They probably can't believe that they did it. Holy cow, can you believe we had the worst offense we ever had and we won the Super our, Bowl because our defense came and saved our bacon. Don't they walk back into the, the office after winning the Super Bowl? They're, they're uh, Ron Burgundy and the news crew after winning the, the battle where Brick throws a Triton at the other newsmen they're like, man, that escalated quickly. yeah, like they're, they're like, that was hard. Right? Don't they kick their feet up after winning? And go. That was hard. We shouldn't make it that hard again. Why was it hard? Well, because look who our receivers were. Yeah. That's that's the reason why it's, it was so hard for them. They needed w- they needed historically great performances against. By the way, they played four of the six top offenses in the playoffs. They needed to have the defensive performances they did. They needed to have a historically great defensive run. They needed a- to win. Can- they needed the Bills to miss a field goal. They needed the Bills to drop passes. They needed the, They need apparently needed no holding penalties. That's right. They so. needed the Niners to miss an extra point. I mean, like, listen, they won. The idea that it, it is kind of funny no, though. They're, they're gonna go do it this offseason. Every time let me let me tell you, hey, our team's gonna decide not to have receivers. Yes. Hmm, let me think about this. The Steelers, Mike Tomlin thinks, wow, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes won without a big receiver. Let me trade George Pickens and Deontay Johnson and see if I can do it with Kenny Pickett. And mm. Arthur Smith, like not everything's created equally. Nuts. No, they're gonna they're gonna go and they're gonna go do it this off season. What else are they gonna? They're gonna go draft a guy, and they're I think they're gonna add they're some gonna pay a guy too. They're gonna they're gonna pay their line, or they're gonna find some linemen and some receivers, and, and they're gonna be good. I mean, their defense is in good shape. Meanwhile, I guess we should pour one out. Pro Football Focus just asked Saquon Barkley's next uh, the t- the odds for the next team he is on Mm -hmm. and bills fans they know this game too well listen we, we had a good run we had a good run it was only about what three or four years of a running back is available and the bills are a favorite to get that running back pro football focus tweeting this out potential fits for barkley giants texans chargers bears eagles ravens end of list James Cook did it. He did it. He did the impossible. James Cook. Thank you, has, Jimbo Cook. <laughs> he has managed to get the Bills off of a list of teams that might look for a highly paid running back. Wow. It's pretty amazing. It's like It feels like the drought just ended. It's, it's... <laughs> look at it. They did it. They did it. The Bills will not be mocked a running back. Although they're probably going to be mocked Derrick Henry in five minutes, right? Yes, different. Someone, someone's going to do it at some point. But James, Cook. hey, we've made it through this point where, like, I don't know that I've seen it from anybody. Have we? No. Has anyone mocked them? There's no running back in the first round this year. James, it sounds like which James Cook did it. He did it. Pro Bowler. That's is that all he needed to do? You needed the. <laughs> you need you because you know not everyone's studying how good all these running backs are at all times. But if you're Whoever, and you're sitting down to do your mock draft and or you're doing your free agency predictions. And in the past you'd go, well, it's Devin Singletary. I could put I could put Derrick Henry there. I could put B. John Robinson there. I could put Travis Etienne there. Now you look and go, Well, didn't James Cook make the oh, James Cook made the Pro Bowl. I can't do that. I can't replace James Cook. That was the bar. I think I asked this question before the season. What's the bar for James Cook to clear? The bar was just Get us to this point. Yeah, we're not talking running back. Where they're not on the list of teams that need a running back or they're not being linked to whoever. You ready for the Bills to like draft one in the third round? They love drafting running backs. I'm not ready for Ian that. Ian Hart had said that list yesterday. Maybe you didn't see If you're on Twitter, you saw this maybe. Maybe not. Ian Hart, it's every NFL team and what they've drafted in the last four years. No team has drafted more in the first three rounds. Rounds 1, 2, and 3 from 2019 to 2023. No team has drafted more running backs than the Bills. But what he doesn't know is you've got to think of James Cook like a wide receiver, of course. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. All right. 8030550. Got some uh By the way, if you're interested, Field Yates had the Bills taking Brian Thomas. I've seen that a lot. Yes. That he would fall to them. Brian Thomas Jr. out of LSU. 8030550, 550, 2550. All right, when we get back, the contract projection for Gabe Davis, I want to get that to you. Pro Football Focus has a contract projection for D- for Gabe Davis. It's very different than spot tracks. So want to get that and then bring up this, this conversation that some Bills fans are having about their position and if they should cut Diggs and eat $31 million because they're not going to win this year anyway. We we just really have to – we're back at intervention status, Joe. Mm-hmm. There needs to be another intervention on the Diggs discourse. Because people are losing their minds. So we'll do all that. 803 0550. Jeremy and Joe on WGR.
3: Baseball is back. And so is MLV.tv. Watch every out of market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi view mode. And catch up with in game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre and post game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal,
1: so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
0: Krebs, one-on-one here on the left
2: side of the ice, getting the zone. Takes a look. Ryan Johnson sends it to the far circle. Here comes a shot. That one scores! That's in the net. The Sabres on the four Nothing lead,
0: Rasmus Dahlien. Dan Dunleavy on the call. One of the highlights, one of the moments of the game brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments in your life, go forth to Firth. Jeremy and Joe, Josh Schmidt producing. Good morning. Happy Valentine's Day. We open up the show talking about our first cars somehow. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, everybody loves their first car. That's 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 why, right? Yeah. Does everybody love their first car? I love my first car. You Turn yes. not to, yes, yes. You love it. If it was a piece of junk, you love it. Looking back at it, yep. You know, maybe it, it has uh, it has character. Sure, in that way. Sure, it's that first taste of freedom. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Who did you get your answer, Josh? On yours, mine was he in had a truck. Eight. I think that's right. I had a, yeah, Ford the F, F-, F- three fifty. Wow, look at you, big boy, just truck. driving around, leading. Did you like take floats in high school parades and stuff? Mm, you one, have. Time. You one time, one time. You're yeah. driving an F350. I've got a 1988 Dodge Daytona. You could have driven over my car with the F350. Were you the first one with a new car of my friends? Yeah, no, because that that's a that's a special type of freedom. If you're the first one to get to that milestone, then you are like, I mean, yeah, you're no, the kissing other, at the feet. The other part of the story was how I bought mine for seven hundred dollars. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just a seven hundred dollar car. All 550 8030550-188-550-2550. I got Matthew Barry's email, Matthew Barry Fantasy Life. Um on Gabe Davis. He had a he had a blurb in his email about Gabe Davis. And I wanna I wanted to get to that and read that. Because I kind of broke down my thoughts on the Gabe Davis thing, which is you know, he has been a, a success story. Gabe Davis is a success story that the nature of the NFL and the salary cap is you just can't keep that guy that's been a success story for you if you're the Bills. So anyway, Matthew Barry wrote this. Davis was named along multiple strong defensive starters who should have good markets that Buffalo might have trouble matching. Talking about, like, Daquan Jones and some of their other defensive linemen that might go somewhere and get some money. Gabe Davis should have a good market. And he writes... His big-time postseason performances have undoubtedly been a fun time. He's a big target who would provide a boost to most offensive wide receiver rooms, at least in the red zone and blocking departments. Still, the most recent version of him left a lot to be desired, especially when considering he was receiving top-tier quarterback play from Josh Allen in a largely pass-happy offense, dying to find a consistent number two option alongside Stephon Diggs. Then he breaks down some of the numbers on Davis. Yards per route run, he was 56th in the NFL. Mm. Targets per route run, 71st in the NFL. ESPN receiver rating, they rated him the 81st best receiver in football. And Pro Football Focus gave him the 54th best receiver in football. And he goes Mm. on to say, contract projections for Davis from Pro Football Focus. Mm -hmm. Pro Football Focus projects... One year twelve million. One year. The Davis will get one year twelve million. And he goes on to say it would be a wow. it'd be a choice, all caps choice. There's like some slang here, which you say, like, wow, that's a choice. Yeah. If someone decides to hand him a boomer bust guy, what Alan Lazard got, which is four years and forty four with the Jets. Right. And I think that's worth noting that. If he's only going to get one year, does that make it more likely he comes back to the Bills to try and prove it again? Well, I don't know because this is the way those usually work. If one year deal, a cap hit on a one year deal is going to be higher for them this year than a long term deal, unless you add void years. Yeah, right. But, but, no, right. T- but to me, that doesn't. It's not. But it's not the financial commitment you thought you were making to him. Right. This is why. At I- all. And it would be. Haven't we kind of said this in past drafts where? What you'd like to have is Davis and a rookie, because I still have Davis if I need him, mm-hmm. if the rookie isn't ready to perform right away or whatever. But I gotta have that rookie ready to go because I'm not keeping Davis forever. You would basically be reversing the clock on that a little bit. But twelve million is still a a healthy number, but man, a one year deal, the Lazard deal spooking teams. Does kind of make sense as you listen to it because it is it's similar enough, and you've made this point about the draft class and how many other free agents there are. How unlikely is it that Davis could get to that? Because as that's laid out, you think about how many other options teams are going to have. If you're looking for a number two receiver or a number three receiver as a team this year, how many better ideas are there out there than Gabe Davis? Are there twenty? Yes. Does one year $12 million, get you back to thinking, like, okay, maybe that makes sense? Not for, for the, the Bills, bills but for somebody, because free agency happens before the draft. Of course, we know that. I wonder if Davis has to wait until after. After the one a, of those a, guys? Yeah, one of the guys who signs yeah. after the draft. Because if it's going to be, I guess it all depends on how much money he wants to wait and see if it's out there. Let's say... It's pretty much, by the way, the Beckham contract. Right. Beckham got one year $15 million right last year. so let's And when did Beckham sign? He signed late, I think, didn't he? Because wasn't it around when Lamar? He signed on uh, April 10th. Okay, but before the draft. Before the draft. Late, but before the draft. Yeah. The thing I wonder about Davis is, all right, I'm T-Max. Like, hey, I'm interested. Would love to have you in our room. I've got $7 million for you. And Davis thinks, and his agent thinks, let's wait post-draft Somebody won't get the guy they wanted, and they're going to need somebody else in their receiver room. They're going to want somebody. And now there's three teams that didn't come out of the draft getting the receiver that they wanted, and they need immediate impact. And that's where you come in. Leonard Floyd, right? Leonard Floyd with the Bills. One year, $9 million. Mm -hmm. Or Melvin Ingram does this every year, right? Where he just signs on as a hired gun defensive player. Mm -hmm. Maybe Davis, maybe he gets his four-year deal. Or maybe he has to wait and find out. Well, I got to wait till after the draft. My number's got to come down. I got to prove it somewhere. And that's where Brandon Bean leaving the door open. I mean, it obviously makes sense. Poyer came back on no, very very little money. Yeah. I, I do think this is different because the bills have less space. But 1 year 12 million is what pro football focus puts them at. And Count Matthew Barry is one that is very skeptical about the idea of a team committing four years to him. I think if I'm Davis, too, like, should he be hesitant to take a one-year deal even if the money is higher? Because if he can find the multi-year deal where, okay, that money did not turn out to be what I was hoping, $8 million on a three- or a four-year deal. But, like, the Beckham contract was what? Beckham's trying to rebuild his value. Right, in a way, like that's so not all the way true with him. I guess so there are a lot of prove it deals, though, over time. Juju with the with the Chiefs uh, two years ago, for instance, where I'm gonna go link up with this top quarterback, this top offense, and I'm going to go inflate my value so that a team's gonna give me the big long term extension. Davis already had that role. How much better is it going to look anywhere else? Like he might think, I said Josh Allen. What am I going to go do? Sign a one-year deal with who? Sam Howell. Right. And then now I'm going to be the $15 million receiver at a four-year deal that I want to be. Like, I just, for him, I wonder what he would accept because I would feel like you've already had your chance to to show your worth. You've already been in pretty much the perfect scenario. You had Josh Allen... And you were on the field every play for the last two years, and you had that Stephon you were Diggs, an elite receiver, on the other side
2: the yeah, entire time. Attention
0: away. Like, I just don't know how he would view a one-year deal anywhere. I, I guess it could be all that's available to him. I don't know. I think I don't want to go all the way to spot track is going to be more close to what actually happens, but I might want to predict he's going to f- he'll take a long-term deal over that short-term deal if he can get it. Which I think, I think both though should take the bills out of it. I just hope they don't get to a place where they're coming back to him and saying, "Well, we thought you know six or seven million dollars was okay, a good well, idea." Spot Trek puts his value at four years, fifty-four million. That's a massive difference. Make the case for a team doing that. Oh man, I don't, I don't. Who, who? I, I don't even. No, I don't even have to ask the question. Who am I? I does anybody in the world does it make sense for? Four years, $54 million. I mean, when does that, you know, let, let's look at it. When does that work? That's basically the Alan Lazard contract last year. It's more. I mean, Lazard That was yeah. four years, $44 million last year yep. for Lazard. Other guys, guys totally regret that. He was a healthy scratch by the end of the year. I mean, he's a Rodgers guy. There were other reasons. Um, Alan Robinson, two years ago, he signed a three-year, $46 million deal. He was off the team the next year for the Rams. Mike Williams, three years, $60 million. Michael Gallup, five years, fifty-seven. These are spot track comps. Age when signed for all those guys was like 25, 26. Okay. And Davis will be 20. He's 24 now. He'll be 25 when he signs that deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know who the team is that that makes any sense for. And there are so many better ideas. Right, and not to say he's not good and or serviceable. It's just you can just get so much cheaper than that george in buffalo is next up hey george good morning
2: you know we talked about nightmares with the chiefs what what the ultimate nightmare would be if davis goes to the chiefs to play
0: i i wouldn't call it would be weird would Would it be a nightmare no i don't think so Am I, am I supposed to be afraid of him on the Chiefs? Like, yeah. what am I- I, I? I talked about this. You left yesterday at eight eight thirty. I talked about yeah. this because somebody wrote in and said, "How about Davis on the Chiefs? Would we be upset? Like, why would I be upset about it?" No, it'd be weird, but I wouldn't be upset about I'd it. I'd be much more upset with the Chiefs getting Michael Pittman or Mike <laughs> Evans <laughs> or T, T-, or T- oh, I Higgins. T Higgins is going to get franchise tagged. It sounds. Oh, is like. that right? There was a report yet. about that yesterday. That um, they they'll, they'll they'll tag him if they can't extend him. Um, yeah, I don't I don't I don't mind it. I just, I just said it, like I think there's twenty better ideas. If I'll I'll say this. I would sign up right now. You you told me that the Chiefs signed Gabe Davis four years, fifty four million dollars. That might be my favorite thing to happen <laughs> in the entire offseason. Well, they have a lot of space and you would think they would use it in other ways. if right, if that but if that was how they were gonna use it yeah. on I, Gabe Davis, like it, good luck. He's it, how different is he than well, maybe he's better than Marquez, uh Val but. They're similar enough players statistically. All this ends up sounding like, and I don't mean it to sound like this, like, wow, you guys are really down on Davis. No, this is, it's value season. That's what this whole thing is about. It's value season, but also how much. This is, how am I going to use my space? How am I going to use my assets? How am I going to get, when, let's get right down to the wide receiver train. Hey, should the Bills take the fifth best receiver or trade up for the first best? The answer is take the fifth best. They should not trade up for Marvin Harrison Jr. No way. They should not trade up from a leak neighbors. Well, you could have the fifth best and the ninth best, maybe. Yes. <laughs> the fifth right. best and the ninth best and two other picks. Because they should not trade a future first to move up to seventh overall. No way. It is value season, and not all these teams are approaching it with the same cupboard of draft picks, with the same cap space, and where a lot of these teams live, especially for the Bills. Like Davis is a terrible idea for four years, fifty four million from the Bills. And there aren't that many teams bad. Right, and there's not many teams where there that is a good idea. So that's the spot he's, he finds himself in, eight hundred three hundred five fifty and one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. We'll see about one year twelve if that's you know the kind of thing that ultimately ends up being. And by the way, yeah, it was Paul Denner from the Athletic who reported that the Bengals, if they can't work out a long term deal, are expected to use the franchise tag for okay. T- for T Higgins, which I have believed the entire time that they would just tag him, that or they they wouldn't let him, they would get not away. let him leave yet. You know, what What are you going to do when you have to pay Burrow and Chase and Higgins? The answer is you're going to pay Higgins at least for one year. I mean, Chase isn't making big money yet, right? He's close. Uh, no, not yet. He's close, but not yet. So yeah. keep the band together for one more year, and they'll probably draft one. <laughs> right? Right, because they'll lose Boyd, but yeah. they can go Higgins, Ch- Higgins chasing a rookie eight oh three oh five fifty and one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. Jeremy and Joe with you. You can give us a call if you're on hold stick with us. Dennis we'll get to your call on the other side as uh we roll through this Valentine's Day. We should we should exchange sweet nothings. We'll do that at some point. Josh, did you bring us chocolates? There's gotta be some candy. Uh the, the vending machine out there. I gotcha. There's, there's it, options. We have, we have our chocolate Stanley Cup in here still. But what? No, that that it, can't we can't nope. open that until nope. the Sabres win that, it. I was gonna say. How long has that been in there? It's, That's it, been well, in there it expired in twenty eighteen. I should ask our buddy uh, Ryan Gates how long it's been in there because he was producing the afternoon show the last time that when that was put in there. Is that thing cursing us? Is that the curse right there? The chocolate Stanley that Cup. chocolate Stanley Cup is that as old as the drought? If it is, we need to get we need to dispose of it today. Does chocolate expire? Gotta. Has to. Know. What's the Yeah, what's the expiration date on that box? <laughs> it says 01-2018, so January of 2018, I'm assuming. Or okay. that's when it was packaged. I don't know. It doesn't say expiration date or okay. anything like that or sell-by date. We're it, coming up on 10 years since the tank season. I don't know. It's got the old Coyotes logo in it, and <laughs> I'm looking at some of the logos that's in all, the back. Okay. Show me a Thrasher's logo on yeah. there, and I will eat that Stanley Cup right now. <laughs> All right, we'll get a break in eight oh three oh five fifty. Your calls and uh, whatever else we get to here on WGR. Be caller five right now to win a pair of tickets. See Dirks Bentley at Darien Lake on July twentieth. Tickets are courtesy of Live Nation. So one thing I wanted to play. Maybe you missed it. Maybe you were at a party watching the game. Maybe you're listening on the radio. Mm -hmm. The game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. There's been some criticism of Tony Romo and how he did it. Yep. How the game-winning touchdown happened. So I thought, real quick exercise, we will play this highlight. Because, you know, I get it. Everybody that does anything is going to get criticized. There Mm -hmm. are haters, right? But Joe, you have not heard this. You were at a party, so you know, yep. people react, blah blah. I saw that there was criticism, but right, I haven't actually heard okay. what he did. Let's play the highlight and decide. Was it worthy of criticism? Is, is Tony Romo here in the wrong for how he acted as the color analyst on the game winning overtime Super Bowl touchdown to win the Chiefs a back to back Super Bowl. Take it away, Nansen Romo. Mahomes <laughs> <laughs> Hartman jackpot Kansas City! And this was the Andy Reid special. This was the Andy Reid special. We
2: talked about he was saving all day. He's going to fake a motion to go across. And at that moment, he turns and goes back Hartman, who they didn't have, right? And they go get Hardman and bring him back. And the game-winning drive of Mahomes' career. He's been waiting for his what's Bowls, but He's never had it in an overtime. He is the best.
0: He is the standard. And Michael Jordan wins it again. That is exactly what not to do. Yeah, I didn't love that. All of that is fair 30 seconds later. Is or it, it is exactly like what, what not to do or he, like on a touchdown in week 16 right yep yeah dude let let the moment breathe a little bit That's right it. like a lot of announcers play by play Man. they'll get a lot of credit for letting it breathe like that and that is exactly what not to do is he talking while nance is like calling the play in the first place also i'm i hear his voice as nance is trying to call the play I don't know what he's saying there. And Nance, by the no, way, you no, know, no, he's saying I heard, he's setting for the Super Bowl, but like he's interrupting Nance to say that. And that was another criticism I saw. Where at the, at the beginning he said this is for the Super Bowl well, like said six a, times. He said it a million times. Yeah, he said I, for the Super Bowl on like a second and four. Right. Yeah, I yeah. think the biggest crime there though is you give it thirty seconds. Dude. Well, this is or tw- I mean anything, and this is also Jim Nance who I mean Jim Nance has some. Iconic calls, maybe not as famous as Do You Le- Believe in Miracles, but you know, his golf calls, a win for the ages, and for college, t- for, there's college basketball yeah. calls, I'm sure. For and him. here he yeah. has Jackpot, which of course he prepared for the Super Bowl in Vegas. Like, if there's ever a moment, Jackpot, Kansas City, that's a call that Jim is ready to rock. And what happened? Tony Romo walked all over it. Yeah. So. I did say, like, I'm not fully critical of everything Romo did. I thought he was really, really good in the fourth quarter and in an overtime on strategy and on telling us what to expect from Steve Spagnolo and with how the Chiefs were going to approach this. I thought he was very, very good on that stuff. But right there, if anybody ever pulls him in and say, like, hey, if you want to be one of the best at this, mm-hmm. all you have to do there is not talk. That's it. Just don't say anything. And then when Nance is ready, they'll show the replay – and you can say everything you just said. Right. Everything's the same. All the same points. You just have to wait 30 seconds. So, And you waited like three seconds. Yes, it was all over it. I, it, wonder, I wonder how Nance feels about that because there have been stuff about Romo, right? Like CBS executives having that intervention with him last year that was talked about in the media. Um, not preparing or whatnot. There have been clips of Nance looking frustrated with him in other moments during broadcasts. So I'd wonder what Nance thinks about it because that's the dude you've got to make sure you don't you yeah. know that you're the partner with eight oh three oh five fifty. Open segment when we get back, we're going to talk some bills too. Uh, Sabers won seven or nothing. Great night at the arena for the Sabers. But when we get back, I got to get to the results of this Twitter poll. This poll is going to hit some people, and they're going to ask themselves what on earth is happening. But the question is, do you think the Bills have reason to look in the mirror and conclude that a championship run in 2024 is unrealistic? That's a question I was asked in the context of what to do with digs. So I'd like to talk about that and get some calls. Dennis, anybody else jumping on board? Eight oh we'll do it. Why 20% of Bills fans are out of their minds. Next.
3: Baseball is back.